Hey, listener, are you happy with your current chicken wings? Do you wish you had something a little saucier? If you answered yes, then it might be time for you to break up with your old chicken wings and get a new honey. Lemon pepper wing from Popeye's. Share the wings with your friends so they can see it's time to move on, too. Head to Popeye's and get six-piece honey lemon pepper wings for $5.99. At participating U.S. restaurants, price may vary. We're going to start the same way tonight. Um, any basketball questions uh, don't matter. Um, since we left shoot-around, 14 children were killed 400 miles from here. And a, and a teacher. And in the last 10 days, we've had elderly black people killed in a supermarket in Buffalo. We've had Asian churchgoers killed in Southern California. And now we have children murdered at school. When are we going to do something? I'm tired. I'm, I'm so tired of getting up here and offering condolences to to the devastated families that are out there. I'm so tired of the, excuse me, I'm sorry. I'm tired of the moments of silence. Enough. There's 50 senators right now who refuse to vote on H.R. 8, which is a background check rule that the House passed a couple of years ago. It's been sitting there for two years. And there's a reason they won't vote on it, to hold on to power. So I ask you, Mitch McConnell, I ask all of you senators who refuse to do anything about the violence and school shootings and supermarket shootings, I ask you, are you going to put your own desire for power ahead of the lives of our children and our elderly and our churchgoers? Because that's what it looks like. It's what we do every week. So I'm fed up. I've had enough. We're going to play the game tonight, but I want every person here, every person listening to this to think about your own child or grandchild or mother or father or sister, brother. How would you feel if this happened to you today? We can't get numb to this. We can't sit here and just read about it and go, well, let's have a moment of silence. Yeah, go Dubs, you know, come on Mavs, let's go. That's what we're going to do. We're going to go play a basketball game. And 50 senators in Washington are going to hold us hostage. You realize that 90% of Americans, regardless of political party, want background check, universal background check. 90% of us, we are being held hostage by 50 senators in Washington who refuse to even put it to a vote, despite what we, the American people, want. They won't vote on it because they want to hold on to their own power. It's pathetic. I've had enough. And powerful words, Mike, from Steve Kerr, head coach of the Golden State Warriors, obviously talking about another mass shooting, this one in Texas, this one uh, involving fourth graders. A school in Texas, they were in their last week of school, Mike. Uh, School was supposed to be out on Thursday. On Tuesday, an 18-year-old shooter got himself, barricaded himself into a classroom. And when he found out that people were on to him, even before they could get him, he started shooting people. He shot teachers. He shot students. And before he did that, he shot his own grandmother 
before his life was taken. Steve Kerr didn't go far enough. Steve Kerr didn't go far enough, and I, and I agree with what he said, but it's almost like we focus on the mass shootings, particularly at schools, and I can understand why. Um, I was a young father uh, in 2012. We're down the street from where you are, Newtown, Connecticut. There was the deadliest mass shooting at an elementary school at Sandy Hook. And I remember uh, Ava was just born. Ava was like three or four months old. I didn't have school-age children. So it wasn't even like, oh, this could happen to me. It was just the sadness of the incident and the, the lack of respect for life and the inevitable conversations that happen after these, after these incidents. And we go round and round and we really don't come to a resolution. But in Newtown in 2012, uh, a, a couple of things stand out to me, Mike. One, I remember it's the first time ever that I've been in a car just driving and for no reason. Well, I shouldn't say that. There was a reason. But suddenly, I just burst into tears. I, I was just driving and I just had to pull over the car because I started crying. Uh, I, I, I uncontrollably crying. Was not close to home. Just started crying thinking about the tragedy that was Newtown, Connecticut. That was 10 years ago. And we sometimes just kind of get stuck there. We get stuck on schools. But this is not about schools. That's not even the biggest, that's not even the biggest cause of gun deaths. I mean, what we've had, Steve uh, Kerr mentioned church, but there are churches, there are synagogues, there are supermarkets, there are concerts, obviously there are schools, movie theaters, there, there, there are malls, workplaces, warehouses, yeah. Yeah. on and on where these gun deaths have happened. And what happens is people, we all say what we got to say, what a tragedy it is, and then we kind of go back into our own little silos, Right. okay, that, where's your banner? Are you the pro-gun? You're in the pro-gun banner. You have to go over there and you have to say um, guns don't kill people. People do. And if you're anti-guns, you say we got to do something right now. We got to do something right now. We can't be numb to this. And this is all these different compartments. But we're just continue to repeat this. And we continue to just go through the cycle again and again. In 2012, I remember like yesterday, Barack Obama said, we can do better. We can surely do better than this. No, we can't. No, no, we can't. We can't do better than this because we we haven't. Right. We won't. We haven't. They won't. We won't. And so, Mike, 400 million guns in the United States of America. We may be the greatest country in the world. We may be. I haven't lived anywhere else. We may be the greatest country in the world, but we're the most selfish and we're the most violent. And until we deal with that, until we reconcile that, these things will continue to happen. Nobody else comes close to the United States in the sheer number, the sheer volume of guns and gun usage. Yes, there are people who use guns responsibly. I know. Believe me, I know. I've listened to you. I know there are people who use guns responsibly and, and do the training and do everything necessary and don't just have it around unlicensed and just ready to pull the trigger at any slight or any insult or any threat uh, of violence on them. I know that. But there are way too many people who have them 
The access to them is too uh, is too lax. It's too right. simple. It's like going on and, and picking up a pack of gum. I'm disgusted, and um, I, I am I am willing uh, as I pass it to you. I am willing to partner with anybody, anybody who really wants to push things forward and stop this cycle. I'm all about it. There seems to be a shortage on everything but guns, right? And as you put it, or as you just laid out, nothing changes but the subject. I'll say it again, nothing changes but the subject. And what's crazy is that you and I, you've said, and I'm about to say, some version of what everybody with any lick of sense, with any lick of humanity, is saying today, which is, that we say the same things over and over again and do nothing. Like we have this routine memorized. Like for all the people yeah. who want to play the mental illness and mental health card around these mass shootings, well, what do you call the rest of us? Spiritually sick? Because if this is the definition of insanity, then what is? The fact that we keep doing this thing over and over again and not even expecting a different result. We don't even, that's, that's, that's a different definition of insanity. We don't expect a different result. We know that it's going to happen again. Like I was thinking earlier, you know, as I struggle to find the words to articulate uh, what I'm feeling, you know, this feeling of being outraged out, if you will, I was like, I don't have to find the words today. Not that, not that words matter at this point. Not that there's anything really left to say. I'll leave it to the Amanda Gormans of the world to be profound and poetic in these moments. But if I don't have anything to say, that's okay, because best believe there'll be another opportunity very soon. Mm. Like I was gone, I was gone last week when Buffalo went down. Right. And here we are, not even enough time to process and grieve that catastrophe. And here we are yet again with now 19 children and two teachers murdered, executed. I mean, I listened to Steve Kerr and others. And I just, I'm like, I think about what was said before or President Biden for that matter. I think about what was said before. I'm like, well, what are you going to say next time? Because it's going to be a next time. Who's going to have the yeah. viral speech next time? Who's going to have, uh, you know, the, the graphic that illustrates the cycle of, you know, thoughts and prayers. Like I said, I got to memorize thoughts and prayers, you know, you know, arguing back and forth, depending on, on the aisle, you know, new cycle changes crickets and then we do it all over again like we all know how this dance goes and yet we are unable to stop the music i mean 212 mass shootings in 144 days so you mentioned more guns than citizens there have been more mass shootings in days this year in the calendar year 2021 and fittingly michael last thing i'll say for now uh, I'll, I'll pass it back mm -hmm. to you man is it's like you know in, in a little while you know, I, I guess we'll do what we do, what we, what we signed up to do here and, and, and talk about sports news. But yeah, and, 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 and Steve Kerr, in, in, in all sense, gave, you know, poured his heart out, spoke for everybody, spoke eloquently as usual on matters of humanity and society. Um, Steve Kerr and Greg Popovich, that's, that, I, I'd vote for them in 2024 in a heartbeat, okay? Um, but he said it himself. We're going to go play a game. It's going to be let's go Mavs, let's go Warriors. 
I half expected, not expected like, like, like realistically, but I thought last night that they may do what the Bucks did in the bubble when Jacob Blake play. was shot and said, we're not playing yeah. tonight. And I don't mean to suggest that they're insincere about their grief and their pain because they didn't shut it down for the night in the NBA and say, we're not playing a playoff game tonight, but the game went on. Life went on. The show went on and every like, and everybody just kept it pushing. So, you know, history says this time isn't going to be any difference. History says give it a week, maybe less. You know, before we're talking about something else and, and then another one happens. And it's, I hate to be pessimistic. I hate to be defeatist. I hate to be, um, I hate to feel that way. Because it's like, because yes, we can do something about it. But for whatever reason, we don't care enough to be better. Um, we're, our way of life is death. And not just when it comes to guns, man. We sat back and watched a million people die of a, of a, of a, of a very, uh, of a disease yeah. that we could have yeah, done right. a much better job of, com- of combating. We are just, we're not just numb to gun violence. We're numb to all forms of violence. Amen. Emotional you're violence. Preacher. You're the preacher. Financial violence. You're the preacher. Uh, yeah. you know, sociological violence, yeah. you know, like political violence, however you want to characterize it, you know, yeah. we are comfortable. Our way of life is death and we are comfortable with suffering in this country more than it seems like anywhere else to be the richest country on the world. No, we ain't the best country in the world in the, in the world. We are not the best country in the world. I will say it. I don't care how un-American that makes me sound. We are not the best country in the world because the best country in the world would aspire to be better than this. We're not the best because right. we are so far beneath our potential as, as a people. So no, we're not the best country in the world. Never have been. We're the best country in the world for a certain, a, a certain group of people. And that certain group of people are the people that Steve Kerr was talking about. That's holding on to hey, power. Hey, absolutely. That's what that, that, so for them. We're the best country in the world for the rest of us who send our children off to school today, praying that they come back safe. No, it's not the best country in the world. For the rest of us that go yeah, grocery like, shopping look. and can't come home, yep. no, it's not the best country in the world. For the rest, for those of us who are targeted based on the color of our skin or our gender, no, it's not the best country in the world. For the people who don't have rights over their own reproductivity, hell no, it's not the best country in the world. But where are those pro-life people today? Are you still pro-life today? Are you pro-life today or just pro-life when it means controlling a woman's body? Are you pro-life when, when those kids come out the womb? And for all you people playing the mental health card, where do you stand on universal health care? This is who we choose to be. And, and, and that statement yeah. can apply to any situation where evil emerges, whether it's January 6th or May 24th. It all comes down to this is who America chooses to be. Well, and, you know, the violence, the the point about violence is spot on, and it's not just guns. It is, it is cultural, it is cultural violence. It is, it's simple interactions uh, that you may experience or that you may witness going about your day. Uh, uh, Let's just put aside that 35 Americans, 35 Americans die daily from guns, 35. So every day there are 35 people dying from some type of gun death. 
sometimes that's suicide, but homicide, domestic violence. Right. There are a lot of situations that don't get any attention at all. Right. At we, least we, we could literally. How pathetic is this? Go ahead. I'm sorry. At least we're giving attention. Uh, to mass shootings, but mass shootings today don't don't, don't today. make up for the majority of of gun deaths. But today, and, I, and I'll give it right back to you. But I'm saying today we're giving attention to it, or last week we gave attention to it. We could literally have this conversation every day because, on average, more than one happens a day. Just mass shootings, right? Right. So it's 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 political. When you say political violence, let me just let, let's say what that means. What that means is you're elected. I don't care who you were. I don't care who you voted for. I really truly right now. I don't care who you voted for. But you elect somebody. I don't think I don't think you elect somebody to act a fool once they get in office. I don't think you elect somebody to have the type of coarse language to kind of have the the type of uh, divisive language where it's just us against them. My side is right. That side is evil or maybe you do. Maybe you do. Maybe what our, our, our politicians and Steve Kerr may have it wrong. It's not that we elect them and they're not doing what we want them to do. Maybe they're doing exactly they're what the people elected them. Yeah. Told them to do. Maybe or, they're just doing that. Maybe or, maybe the politicians are the pawns or and, they're and or, the citizenry. Or the people who are voting for these politicians their agenda in other areas. I'm just saying that for the sake of efficiency. Okay, right. That's right. why I'm, I'm not getting specific not to but just for right. efficiency. their agenda in other areas supersedes how much they care about this particular issue. Yeah, everything in, in other words, Mike. in other words, for example, Mitch McConnell gonna help pack the court with conservatives the way I want it. Who will who will strike down Roe v. Wade? Therefore, I'll, I'll, ignore, will, I'll ignore everything else. I'll ignore I'll ignore everything else. Because and everybody and everybody is complicit. It's not just the NRA. Stop talking about the NRA. The NRA is a part of it, right. but it's not just the NRA. Look, I gotta call it out. I'm a Christian. It's the church as well. There are certain there are certain church folk who agree exactly with what Mitch McConnell and others are doing because they're focused on abortion. So, hey, if I get what I want, if I want to, if I get a conservative ju- uh, judge and I get some of the things uh, on my checklist, I-, I will co-sign, I will retweet everything else because I'm getting what I want. Shame on a lot of us. But that cultural violence shows up everywhere. Not only have gun sales spiked uh, during the pandemic, but so is road rage. So it's like incidents. People are angrier. People are more uh, more inclined to settle differences violently, fatally. So it's not just it's not just the guns. It's just a spirit mm-hmm. in the culture. That's why I say we're selfish. We're, we're reaping selfish what we, because we're reaping what no, we've sown. No, no one will stop. No one will stop. And you know what? Look, you don't have to. This is a complicated issue. I'm not here to tell you that. Hey, right here. Uh, on brother from another, I can figure this out in five minutes. I can't, but there are ways to take that, that, those numbers down. There, there are ways to stop the spike and go the other and go in the uh, other direction. But are we willing to do it? Well, when when President Biden takes work, when he said last week, he once again uh, told the lie that this is not who we are. Like. 
America is, is a 250-year-long hate crime. America in and of itself is a hate crime. You know, and, he, and these people, these, these, these now, these, you know, used to be, remember babies having babies? It's children killing, killing children. These people right. are spawns of Uncle Sam. He's Uncle Sam's nephews. He's Uncle Sam's sons. Like, America has produced 18-year-old white supremacist terrorists who target black people at a gas station. America has produced an 18-year-old who goes into an elementary school and massacres a classroom. And speaking of 18-year-olds, even the, even the background checks, the universal background checks that everybody's in favor of, or the vast majority of Americans favor, right. What kind of background check can you do on an 18-year-old that can see this coming? Don't get me wrong. I, I, I want the background check. I'm just saying it's like these are, these are people who, the, for their 18th birthday, are getting AR-15s. It shouldn't you turn 18, you get an AR-15. It's like, like and, and it, it's, what, what would tell you as that an 18-year-old is going is gonna, is gonna to go to this, to this level? I mean, I'm sure, they, obviously, they got, you know, social media footprints and that sort of thing, and maybe they have some a school record, but my and point is, it's like they—they they are being these—these th these, they are—they are being uh, radicalized or you know indoctrinated at such a younger age. Yeah. Until it's like, I don't know, man. It's uh, I, I, we're all at a loss. We're all at a loss. And I know, it, it's, Mike, it's, it's Groundhog Mike, Day. It's same song, different verse, man. It really is. I—I I know. I know, you know, ghost guns won't stop, invisible guns won't stop. Yeah. I know that. But you can do something to curb it. Sure. It's, like, we can't we can't just say the well, it's always going to be violence. No, the high capacity magazine. So what can we do? Weapons of war, yeah. you know, you no. Know, that that should that shouldn't be in civilian hands. That should not be in civilian hands. I Yeah, man. I It's hard to talk about with you. It's it's really hard to talk about with children. You know, and yet we send them off to school every day, praying that they come home safe. With prayers, yeah, with prayers every day, every day. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. I mean, I still believe we can win, you know, so uh, swept or not swept, at the end, if you lose, you lose, so... Doesn't matter how many we win, but uh, we're gonna we have to go game by game. Uh, we're gonna believe till the end. All right, I believe we're about to get much smarter about the conference finals with stadiums Jeff Goodman and Pro Basketball Talks Kurt Healing. Uh, good to have both of you fellas here. Uh, Jeff, let's start with you, man. Um, how much of a believer are you? I'm I'm gonna lower the bar from winning the series. I'm gonna lower that bar. I'm gonna just say, how much of a, a believer are you that the Mavs? can make this series more interesting and dare I say it, make the Warriors sweat as in get this thing back to Dallas. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't okay. think so. I, I just think, listen, when Golden State wants to, they're going to put their foot in the gas and say, all right, you know what? 
This was cute. Luca, Bronson, all you dudes, this was cute. You gave us a little bit of a sweat, but ultimately we're going to move forward and get our rest. Kurt? Exactly the same thing. It's like we saw this last round, right? Hey, we're going to close out Memphis. No, nah, you know what? We're going to play with our food for a while, right? We're just going to mess around. And then when, hey, game six, fourth quarter, let's crank it up. I think Goodman hit the nail on the head. They're looking at this game and saying, if we win this, we don't play. We don't get on a plane. We don't play again until next Thursday. We get a whole week off. They want that. They, I think you're going to see, like, put on the gas, end this thing now type of game five. They they know what they want, and they're just they're the better team. Well, Michael, let me ask well, you. Michael, wait let wait me, a minute. Okay, well, you, well go ahead, I, Mike. I think, I think you feel the same thing I'm feeling. Let me just push here. Yeah, yeah go, ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. Let me push. Let me push here. Now, I think this is the same Kurt Heelan who told me last week, I had Luca. I had a top. Uh, I had a top ten players list. Top uh, <laughs> yeah. top ten in the NBA. I had Luca at number seven. Same Kurt Heelan who told me I had Luca too low. And yesterday we learned Kurt that Luca for the third straight year is first team All NBA. How can you say a guy, a transcendent talent like Luca, can't make this, can't carry his team to even one more win, M- one more win to get him back to Dallas? Because I've seen everything around him. Like, they got hot. You know what happened last game? They finally made all the shots they were missing for the previous series. Luke had been getting in the lane and kicking the ball out and watching the shots clank off the rim the three games. They started falling. I don't believe that the Warriors know they've got to take that away. I just believe they're going to take that away again. Luke is probably going to be Luke. I, like he, I voted for him first team all NBA. He's going to put up 40 again. It's not going to matter. It's just not going to matter. Jeff, uh, what do you say, Jeff? Yeah, I mean, listen, Dallas doesn't have enough. That, that's the problem is ultimately, I love Jalen Brunson. If he's your third best player, I, I think then you got a team that maybe could push Golden State when he's your second best. And again, I have all the respect in the world for Jalen Brunson. Uh, but Mark Cuban needs to get more pieces around Luka. What this team has done should be celebrated at the end because to get this far, and I'm kind of afraid for the future of this Dallas Mavericks team because now I think they've raised the bar to a point where if they don't make improvements and they don't bring Brunson back and more, you could be looking at a team that gets knocked out in the first round next year and everybody's like, what's wrong with Luka? What's wrong with the Mavs? Mm. They overachieved this year per their talent around Luka. All right, uh, going to the Celtics in the heat, uh, the game that apparently was like one big family reunion that nobody told me about. I mean, Michael was name dropping Jeff Goodman the other day. <laughs> uh, after game four, I'm like, oh, okay, everybody, everybody named Mama was in the, in, in the garden the other night. Uh, the Celtics, even the Celtics decided to show up, uh, yeah. you know, once again with their, with their backs against the wall. Jeff, I don't know what kind of feel you have for this series, a series that's 2-2, even though the Celtics have won all but three quarters uh, of this series so far. They seem like the better team when they decide, much like Golden State, when they decide to be the better team. Will they be the better team in game five and not just be the better team, but play like it and win game five to avoid going back to Boston facing elimination? So I never thought I'd say this, but uh, Robert Williams really is a difference maker. And and again, Hmm. I've seen Robert. I saw his coming out party at Texas A&M. He he played in a tournament. He was like a top 75 player coming out of high school as a freshman. I was out there in California 
and he blew up. And, and I was like, oh, my God, this kid is an athletic freak. But but he's just been so unreliable throughout his tenure in the NBA that you just kind of forget about him sometimes. But not only defensively, and he was a second-team all-defensive guy, and he gives him something completely different than not only the Celtics have ever had, but just about anybody has right now. A freak athlete who can cover up for everybody's mistakes. But offensively, he, the underrated component is offensively what he can do by being just a lob threat. And if, like, Bam Adebayo comes up to try to challenge Jason Tatum, who's driving the basket, what can Tatum do? Just throw it around the rim. Go let Big Rob get it. And uh, I really do think Robert Williams and the health of Robert Williams is kind of an X factor or maybe the X factor. Other than, again, Tatum, you, you better show up. Just show up. <laughs> and, by the way, when, you're do when you do show up, take care of the ball, right? Like, that's the other thing that gets them in trouble in this series is – Look, Miami can't score. This is really two elite defenses. Neither team scoring a lot in the half court. But Miami in particular with a banged up Jimmy Butler and no Tyler Hero last game, they just can't score in the half court. They've got to find a way to get easy transition buckets. If the Celtics take care of the ball, don't turn it over, don't just give them those easy buckets, they win the game. They've just got to well, – if they can just do that, if they can just kind of buckle down and focus, they're – they're plus 28 in this series. They're the better team. They just kind of zone out. Does does, uh, does either team have a chance? Let's just say, let's say Dallas doesn't make history. They're uh, yet another team that falls by the wayside, not able to overcome a three-zip deficit, uh, a three-zip deficit in the uh, conference finals. So it's Boston slash Miami versus the Warriors. Does either team have a chance? of beating the Warriors. I think the Celtics do. And not as a homer, because I've been the one all year being like early in the year, trade Jalen Brown. I'm not a believer in the Celtics. I'm not a believer in Marcus Smart as a guilty front line. Guilty. Yeah, we were, we were all there, Michael. Come on. Anybody who's – Jason Tatum's mother was probably there at some point saying, <laughs> this team's going nowhere. Do you Back mean Deuce wanted to trade him too? Probably, <laughs> probably <laughs> some point deuce is probably like hey let's we go, somewhere, go else. somewhere else this isn't working yeah, this right. isn't working but yeah like i think the celtics if they're whole you know and again they got to get marcus smart healthy rob williams has the state there's a lot of ifs here jalen brown's got to learn how to dribble in traffic uh tatum's got to show up you know in a which i think that series would go six or seven he, he can't have more than one no show game if that in order to beat the Warriors, but they've got enough. I mean, Al is playing not only like he's he's 27, but also with kind of that emotion. You just never seen that out of Al Horford because he realizes this is it for him. This is his best chance to win a title. Uh, the end is near, and this team, the chemistry, which was awful at a certain point, has completely flipped. And Ime Adoka deserves. So I can't give him enough credit. I nope. cannot give Ime Doka enough credit for the job he has done this year. I think the Warriors have shown how hard they are to defend in this series, right? They're not like defending another team because of the ball movement, because more importantly, the player movement off the ball, the tireless, just Curry and Thompson and everybody moving. Boston is one team that can match up with that. They have the players to better match up with that than anybody else. But as Jeff said, you got to have Robert Williams out there 25 minutes a game, and you're going to have to have Marcus Smart back. But with that, 
they're the one team that can slow that Warriors offense down. And if they can slow it down, they've got a chance. I don't know that I would pick them, mm. but I think that they absolutely would have a chance in a seven-game series. Hey, we've uh, we've referenced so far two of the uh, All NBA First Team members, and Luka Doncic and and Jason Tatum. Uh, Kurt, your one or two takeaways from the uh, selections for All NBA First, Second, and Third Teams, for that matter. I, you know, I I don't love that Joel Embiid's on the second team. I'm one of the it guys who wrong. put. Yeah, it does. I put Jokic at forward, which he isn't to try to get Embiid on the first team because it just bothered me that much. Um, but I also came away with that thinking, yeah, that's pretty much right. I mean, Pascal Siakam makes it. I didn't have, I had Gobert on instead of Pascal Siakam. Very thrilling debate if you guys want to debate those two for <laughs> half an hour. But like, I thought largely the voters kind of got this one right, um, even though I would like to see a few guys shifted around a little. I, I think the right players were kind of in the mix. Jeff, we're in the era of positionless basketball. Why not just have the five best guys and call it a day? Why is it? Why do you right. need forward, center? Yeah. Like you know, why make this? Why make this harder than it needs to be? So dumb, right? So dumb. MB belongs on it. We know MB belongs on it. How, how did? I love Jason Tatum, but to me, MB should have been first team, and Tatum should have been the first guy on the second team. Yeah, yeah, way yeah. too overcomplicated. Yeah, but you know, it, it's. Uh... Any any other names on that list though? Just when you talk about the future of the of the league, you know, you see Kevin Durant on the second team and LeBron on the third team, I believe, uh, and then you see guys like uh, Giannis. Not a surprise, but just talking about the ages of them. Giannis under thirty, uh, Jokic under thirty, Luca and, and Tatum. Luca's twenty three, Tatum's twenty four. Trey Young on the list. Yeah. Do you think we're about to have one of these? All right, all right, guys. Over 30 guys, come on back. Here, let's make room for the young guys. Are we there yet? I mean, you've got a certain group, right? I mean, you, when you're talking about, it's funny because when you look at like Ja, Luca, and Tatum, I'm not sure I put any at like the number one player in the NBA overall yet, but they all certainly have days where they look like the best player in the NBA. They haven't done it quite as consistently as Giannis, obviously LeBron. I mean, this is the first time I can remember that you're having a debate, a real debate about who the number one, who the best player is in the NBA. It's just been, it's been a, you know, maybe you had a little bit with LeBron and KD, but it's been LeBron for, you know, forever, forever. Like my daughter's 18. There's been no debate as long as my daughter's been born, basically, who the best player has been in the NBA. No, I, everybody on that first team, by the way, this year, under 27, 27 or younger. Like, we could see variations of that team with, for the next four or five years, right? Like, I think that those guys are just entering their peak, and I think we are seeing kind of a changing of the guard in the league. Giannis has kind of ascended to superstar level, but Tatum and John Morant and I, I guess Jokic is going up there, but however you want to do it, there's just a different it's a younger group and it's what's fun about it. I think is it's a younger group kind of staying with their teams right now. They are not, we'll see what happens down the line, but right now they're not the group like, Hey, let's join up and form a super team. Maybe it's just because they haven't played in enough Olympics together to figure out how to do it. But <laughs> eventually, eventually I, maybe it changes. But right now I love the fact that it's hey, Memphis is a team on the rise. that's built that way. And the bucks have won a title that way. And well, frankly, so did the Warriors. So, 
Hey, speaking of young guys, before we let y'all get out of here, and Goodman, especially you, we can't let you come on the show and not talk draft with us. Draft's right around the corner. We just had a, a historic rookie class, seems like, in terms of the depth and the staying power that these young guys has played this year. Um, a lot of chatter about, of course, the magic with the number one pick. Is it Jabari Smith out of Auburn? Is it Chet Holmgren out of Gonzaga? Uh, what's the buzz that you're hearing around the top of the draft, Jeff Goodman? Jabari. Jabari's the front runner to go number one, even though, and it's interesting because Orlando's got Jonathan Isaac, who's similar in some respects to Jabari, right? Long, can shoot the ball. The problem is Jonathan Isaac can't, he can't stay healthy. And Jabari's just at 6'10". He can shoot the hell out of the ball. Does he have to get better, a little bit tougher, taking the ball to the back? Sure, but a lot of guys, again, he's 6'10", 220. You know, Chet Holmgren is the you know, they, he scares the hell out of NBA guys, but they're also scared to pass on him. 7 188 pounds. You know, I saw him a couple times this year, and he's super skilled. He can shoot the three. He can block shots. Can he hold his position? He's kind of the anti-Zion is what I call him, Zion being too big, and you're worried about his health. Chet being too thin, and you're worried about his health. And then the third guy, Paolo Bencaro, who I kind of compared to Chris Weber for years. He's bigger, stronger, but super, and not the passer Weber was, but he's super athletic. He can come in right away. I think he'll be the rookie of the year to me, Paolo Mancaro, next year because he can come in and impact right away. But Chet's got the highest upside, and Jabari's just that, that versatile forward that the NBA loves right now. Kurt, what's the most interesting thing you're hearing draft-related? Yeah, just uh, I think Oklahoma City taking home grid number two is kind of the perfect fit for him, right? Because he, I think, is going to need time out of the spotlight to, hey, maybe put on some muscle, but also just develop. Like, like Jeff said, everybody's just, everybody I've talked to has that high ceiling, low floor. GMs fear the low floor. They like their jobs. They also don't. They like their jobs. They want to keep them. They'll lean towards safe, but you also don't want to be the guy who passed on this. So I think this is kind of the perfect setting for him. I, and I think that's the order. One, two, three. I love, by the way, Paolo in with Jeff Green in Houston. That uh, they might become league pass must must watch next year with those guys. All right, so, fellas. No, Jalen yeah. Green, not Jeff Green. Jeff oh, Green might go there. Hey, I was Jaylen, say, we know you, you know what? We know you, man. Jeff, <laughs> it's, you, you know, know this. You, hey, Kurt. You know Jeff Green just is ageless. He might, he might wind up in Houston. <laughs> no, it ain't got nothing to do with. It's that we all old. Okay. Yeah, who, who was I talking? about yesterday, Michael? That I messed up. I, I, see, I've, I've forgotten whose name I forgot yesterday. <laughs> see, that's what I'm saying. I can't remember it. You know, that's, <laughs> that's we all just getting too old, man. That's what it comes down to. Kurt Hill and Jeff Goodman, we appreciate y'all, man. Thank you. Thank you, fellas. Got it, guys. Thanks, guys. I think I said Kaminga. I think whose name I messed up. I forgot it was. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939.
Roger, could you give us an update on where the Deshaun Watson investigation stands and perhaps a timeline for when we may get a resolution? Uh, sorry to disappoint you, but I can't give you a timeline because I think that process will go f forward. Um, I think we're nearing the end of the investigative period, and then at some point, um, as you know, this will be handled by our disciplinary officer, um, and that will happen uh, hopefully shortly, and then we'll see where that comes out. It's just like a big screw you. That's what it feels like. We don't care. He can run and throw, and that's what we care about. He requested that I work on his abdomen. But the moment I went above his navel, he told me he didn't want me to work there. He wanted me to work lower. He just kept directing me to go lower and don't be scared. You, you can go in there. Like, and I just started really freezing up at this point. Can you explain that? Like a wave just took over my body. I felt so hot. I was sweating. Um, it was getting more and more clear that this is not what I signed up for. This is not what I thought the session was going to be. And soon, Solis says, Watson's actions left no doubt. As I'm working, he deliberately grabs himself and put his penis on my hand. And I pulled my hand away instantly, and I started crying. And I told him that I'm done. I don't want to do this anymore. Solis says she waited for Watson to leave. But before he did, she says he delivered a parting message. He just said, I know you have a career to protect, and I know you don't want anyone messing with it, just like I don't want anyone messing with mine. That's when I got really scared. Why? Because that sounded like a threat to me. Last night's HBO show really personalized things on many levels for, for a lot of people. Did you watch it? I didn't. Why, why didn't I read about it. Um, you know, I, I would tell you, Tom, I'm, uh, we did a lot of work on that. Uh, and as we've talked about, we've done a lot of work uh, on Deshaun, the person. And, and there's legal proceedings ongoing. There's an investigation ongoing. So I won't comment much further uh, than that. But uh, we understand uh, with respect to that, it's something that we're going to be dealing with uh, as these proceedings go on. All right, it's time for Real Talk presented by Capital One. Uh, Real Talk, Michael, I'd be shocked at this point if Deshaun Watson were suspended for less than an entire season. Yeah, yeah. Why do you say that? I think the league has no choice but to be in CYA mode. Um, mm -hmm. And they're going to err on the side of caution when it comes to the court of public opinion. Like, I look back at Ben Roethlisberger getting six games and reduced to four. Which in hindsight, like if, if, if Ben Roethlisberger happened right now, how many games in this climate, in this current, in this contemporary yeah. climate, how many games has Ben Roethlisberger getting? Probably a season. Like, yeah. I mean, it, it, well, it, probably it, like eight. Because it was two. It was two women, right? It was two women with Ben Roethlisberger. Yes. And he was not arrested. No. I don't, I don't think he was sued. I don't think he was sued. Or he may have been sued and then there was a settlement. Well, I mean, if you, but yeah. It, the sheer, the, the, the specifics, it's not apples to apples, obviously, but the numbers right. were much, are much greater in this case, number of accusers, but he was accused of, of, of rape uh, in, in Georgia and in rape in a, in a, in a hotel room, if, I'm not, if, if memory serves me correctly. My point is, That's it's right. like, That's it's, right. it's such a, you look, it's just the, the times have changed. And in this current climate, 
I don't see a world in which the NFL looks at this situation. Forget about guilt or innocence. I'm just talking about optics. Where the NFL looks at this situation and thinks that six games is going to fly. You know what I mean? Like it just it just feels like they're going to drop the hammer. Uh, yeah. In the interest of self-preservation from a public relations standpoint, you know, um, you know, it's you, you watch you watch the accusers last night. We've read the details. You take the temperature and the league, you know, the league is always going to take the, the temperature um, when it comes to public relations, when it comes to outrage and outcry and response and what have yeah. you. And this is about for the for the league is always about, oh, you are held to a higher standard as an NFL player. You're representing the shield. You're putting the integrity of the game uh, at risk with your actions. That's what it's going to be under the guise of. Forget Trevor Bauer getting two years. Can you imagine the response? based on the information that's out there, based on these women going public and, and, and speaking their truth to HBO and other outlets previously. Can you imagine the response to the league suspending Calvin Ridley for a game for a year and to show right, Watson for six games? Like right. it's just that's just not right. going to go over well, regardless of the facts. I am not proclaiming right. guilt or innocence. But what I do know is there are 22 women accusing him of sexual assault and misconduct. He had a pattern of uh, of soliciting a, a large number, an abnormally large number of massage therapists, some of which he has acknowledged ended in sexual encounters, consensual right. so, yeah. or otherwise, right? So yeah. I'm saying like, yeah. if, the, if the league is gonna be like, like, we don't care what the, what the criminal court system said, we don't care what the grand jury said, this is messy and you put yourself in a messy situation. So right or wrong, guilty or innocent, you got to sit down because we got to protect ourselves here. That's how I think the league is going to look at the situation and handle it. Regardless of the facts, they are going to protect their image as best they can at the expense of whom they can. Because let's let's yeah. we forget there is an owner that should not be owning anymore. That were at least one, if not, if not two. I'm talking at about the least. one in Las Vegas. Right. Okay. There's a That's couple right. of owners who should be up out of here oh. by now. Okay. It, it's funny. You said you were talking about the one in Vegas. I thought you were talking about the one in D.C. Well, that was the one. No, anyway. I, that's what, when I said two. No, when I said at least one was yeah, the one in D.C. When yeah. I said two, I was yeah. adding Mark Davis to it. So at okay, least two right. that should be up out of here. Now, Snyder's the obvious one. Davis as well. So I'm saying like, yeah, they're gonna make an example out of Deshaun Watson because they can. Well, I'll say, man, first of all, just watching this last night, shout out to Soledad O'Brien. You know, great job of, of asking direct questions, being an excellent listener, and at the, as uh, HBO Real Sports put it, as Brian Gumbel put it, uh, just as he was uh, uh, about to exit the piece, he said, at the 11th hour, Deshaun Watson's, one of his representatives, one of his lawyers, wanted to be heard, you know, yeah. tell her side of the story. Yeah. And I would say out of everything there and, and like you, I'm not saying oh, I know what happened. I don't know what happened, but I do know this. She did not come off. Well, uh, Watson's lawyer. Hey, don't make this about Tony Buzz. It might be about Tony Busby, but people don't want to hear that. So that O'Brien asked him, well, why are you? Why? Why are 
why should we believe one man over 22 women? Yeah, and she turned around and says 22 women one lawyer. It's about Tony Busby and his need for attention and social media. Like, hey, hey, are you trying to hear that right now? She was so smug. It really she was tone deaf. That was a bad job. As a matter of fact, it would have been better for them if she hadn't said anything. Yeah. She did not. She, she did not deliver. Well, but but she didn't but, deliver the message. They well. all acknowledged that he had sex with massage therapists. And what I'm saying is like, forget about judgment. Roger Goodell is going to suspend him for, I believe, a season. That's just my my hunch because I don't think they want the smoke so of, of having to explain six games. I think it's coming. But the reason we is they're gonna say because I think it's coming in a few days. You should not have put yourself in this position. That's what they're gonna say. Yeah, like we while while we cannot determine whether or not a, a criminal, uh, I, c- I could almost write the release for you. We we did not determine your guilt or innocence in accordance with the law, but what we did determine is that based on the higher standard as an NFL player, you have compromised the integrity of the NFL by putting yourself in this in this in this situation. So they're gonna let him appeal that that year to Roger Goodell, but the disciplinary officer is going to say. You're, 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 sit him down for a year. That's right. And and I'm telling you, I, I think it's going to happen fairly soon. I'm, I'm just going to guess maybe uh, Friday during Brother from Another or just after uh, we go off the air going into the Memorial Day weekend. I think it may. I think it may happen. I think we're very close to some Deshaun Watson news. But the other thing is, Mike, you think you really the news Cleveland, dumps, man? Y'all with these news dumps. It's 2022. I, oh, there ain't no news dumps in 2022. Yes, yes, <laughs> they are. social media. They still exist. <laughs> they still exist. They still exist. They still exist. Um, because we know they know the pattern. Like, these are very smart people. These are very skilled PR people. They know even in 2022 when it's all digital and it's not above the fold and it's not wait till 11 o'clock to see what your favorite sportscaster has to say about it. It's like a totally different world. They know the patterns of people, which is what and patterns of people going to a holiday weekend. Okay, and it might be lighting it up on social media for a little bit. Then it's on to the cookout. Okay, and then then come Monday or Tuesday as the case may be. It's going to lead every show. Maybe. Maybe. (laughs) Okay, Uh, but I'll say this. Yeah, I'll say this about the Cleveland Browns. We say this for the Cleveland Browns. Now, you know, growing up in Akron, Ohio, um, I did not root for the Browns. I was a Steelers fan. I'll admit it. I was a Steelers fan. I had to keep that quiet around uh, most of my family. I really had to be quiet, especially during Browns playoff games when they lost the game. Don't say nothing. <laughs> I, had to, I used to get that look like, don't, <laughs> don't say nothing. <laughs> and I didn't say anything. So I didn't root for them. I also didn't root against them though, Mike. I never rooted against them unless they were playing the Steelers. I didn't root against Cleveland. I didn't root against the organization. But right now, I, I think I am. Hey, for them to say we've done all the work on Deshaun Watson, yet you haven't talked to the accusers, then don't say that. Be a little more uh, efficient, a little more careful with your language. Yeah. I can maybe make the argument for why you wouldn't want to talk to Tony Busby and why you wouldn't want to talk to 22 accusers when Deshaun Watson is your guy. But don't sit here and try to sell me that you've done. You're comfortable with everything you've learned about Deshaun Watson when part of the Deshaun Watson story. Once again, don't know what happened, but part of the story is these 22 people throwing these accusations at him 
And if you're not going to listen to them, you haven't done all the work on Deshaun Watson. Stop saying that. Kevin Stefanski, you just said it again. I'll just say this as we go to Stop break real quick. You can, you can roll the music, Gary. I'll just say this real quick as we go to break. You said rooting. I, I, I'm, I'm rooting for them. You know why I'm rooting for them? You know why I'm rooting for why? them? So that the following does not have to be a hypothetical. Again, I'm not commenting on guilt or innocence when I say what I'm about to say. I want them to hoist the Lombardi that they believe Deshaun Watson gives them a chance to finally win. Because I just want to I want to see what that's going to be like. And I want to see whether or not this particular juice was worth that squeeze. You know what mm. I'm saying? Like, I even wonder, like, right now, it's like they got this great quarterback, but they got this cloud. And you're in a better position to compete for a championship, but it came at a cost. And I'm not talking about the $230 million guaranteed. Yeah. It's fascinating. Yeah, it really right. is fascinating. I would, you know, to, I would to, like to see the Cleveland Browns. Win. I, I'm going to be honest. I'd like to see the Cleveland Browns win it without him. Well, I wish they could have won. One. Well, that wasn't going to happen. But that was real talk presented by Capital One. What's in your wallet? We talked about uh, your boyhood team, the Steelers, a moment ago. Congratulations yeah. to uh, Omar Khan, pride in New Orleans. I think he went to Rumble High School, if I recall correctly. Uh, he has officially not been 35, named, though. No, he didn't did go to 35. Uh, the next general manager of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, love this for him. He's he's been a part of the organization for a long time. Uh, managing their salary cap, um, obviously very close with the Rooney family, knows that organization inside and out, set up to succeed. Got a great coach. They've already picked the quarterback. Nice roster. I love this for him. Yeah, this is what they do. This is just what they do. Uh, they know their infrastructure is unassailable. They're always going to give you support. They're going to have strong people around you. They're going to give you time yeah. to put your vision into place. And so he's been there. He's been uh, on the inside since I think Mike since 2001. Yeah, no, uh, he joined. Yeah. He joined the Steelers. And so they did an, they did a search inside and out. They right. talked to a lot of people and they eventually came back and, and found their guy who was there. And they don't always do it that way. Sometimes they'll have a guy there and they go with Mike. They'll Thomas. go elsewhere. Well, he, and yep. he, his name also came up quite a bit over the years for other GM jobs, but stayed there, stayed loyal, stayed in, right. in, in house, and, and now here's his opportunity. All right, man. We'll see you tomorrow. All right, brother. Congratulations, Omar Khan. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939.